0: In today's episode, we're going to go back to the very beginning of it all, back in time to the first anatomists and join them in an exploratory foray into dissecting the human body. What an exciting time this must have been. Can you even imagine discovering an unnamed structure being the first to do so, and the excitement they must have experienced penning a letter to share their discoveries in the pre-internet telephone era? What we're talking about today is the anatomical position. So let's imagine you're in the Renaissance period and you discover a structure that's in the forearm. You need to describe this in detail. So you describe it as being on the front of the forearm and just above the wrist, which is a logical sounding explanation to yourself. But the description to your pen pal fellow anatomist, is the palm facing forward, is the palm facing backwards, is the elbow bent, does it straight, the beautiful flexibility of the elbow joint means the possibilities are far too numerous. And this is the exact justification for the anatomical position. Now the anatomical position is a universal starting point for all anatomists and anyone really who wants to describe a precise structure, organ or even a lesion or laceration in detail whilst all sing in from the same hymn sheet. So in the anatomical position, the person is standing upright facing forward, arms resting by their sides and feet around shoulder-width apart. The elbows are extended and forearms are supinated. This is a term to say that the palms are facing forward. The opposite of supination is pronation, okay, where the palms face backwards. So this is a universal standard that never changes. Irrespective of the person sitting down, standing up, it is in the anatomical position that we describe locations. Can you imagine? Terms like this would alleviate the burden of our theoretic renaissance scribe from earlier. Now with that starting point in mind, there is a myriad of universal descriptors to locate things with pinpoint accuracy. By things I mean tissues, organs, and all the anatomical basis for the knowledge we've discussed so far. Let's go through some of them. Let's start out to the front, literally, anterior, which means towards the front of the body. The term posterior, meaning exact opposite, towards the back. Superior, towards the head or above. And its antithesis, inferior, towards the feet or below. Now these have crept into everyday usage, so nice and easy. The others, not so much. Dissection undoubtedly took place initially on non-human animals. And so some of the terms that derive are a little more obscure to the novice in this field. Rostral, or cephalic, describes a structure located near the beak, or the nose, or the latter being the head. Cephalic means head. Whereas the extreme opposite end, we encounter the term caudal, so something directed towards the tail, the caudal equinal, or horse's tail. You will encounter these commonly in embryology, but also certain clinicians, like dentists, use them quite often. What about some of the other terms there? Well, anterior and posterior also have a more animalistic sounding term. Here are these terms ventral, meaning towards the front, uh, or belly, and dorsum, towards the back. A mnemonic to think about, well, dorsal fin of a shark is on their back, and a ventriloquist, which means literally stomach speaker. Dorsum is useful when describing certain parts of the body. So, in your hands and feet, for example, the hands have a palmer side, which is easy, it's in the name. But don't be thrown when you hear the dorsum of the hand being described. The top of the foot is also known as the dorsum of the foot, with the underside known as the plantar surface. Think where you plant your feet when you're standing. Now, we don't really use ventral in this example, but neurology often does. So dorsum, ventral, you'll come across in neurological descriptors. So far, we've done a whole lot of up, down, back, front, but we need more specific descriptors. So picture a line running from your head through your body and splitting you into two halves. This midline is an important landmark. And any structure towards the midline is referred to as being medial. So for example, your heart is medial to your lungs in the anatomical position. And of course, the opposite to medial is lateral. Your eyes sit lateral to your nose or away from the midline. So irrespective if that person turns to their side, lies down, we always refer to the location or relationship of structures in the anatomical position. The last couple then, in addition to superior and inferior being used, in the limbs, we'll often describe structures being proximal and distal to describe structures closer or further respectively from the body. And this avoids some of the confusion due to the mobility. In your digits, you have bones called phalanges, which is a great term. And the singular is the phalanx. And there are three of these in your fingers and toes. Thumbs and big toes are the exception. The one closest to the body is known as the proximal phalanx. And the bone that you use to dip your toe into the water to test the temperature is known as the distal phalanx. So think dip in your toe, distal, and furthest from the body. To finish then, anatomical discovery took place worldwide simultaneously, with each country naming its structures in a different language or giving it its unique eponymous name. Until about the 1890s it was theorised there was over hundreds of thousands of anatomical terms existed, and as such the Terminologica Anatomica was formed, an international standard often mashing together ancient Greek, Latin and eponyms to host of other languages. The result? We now have a standard set of around 40,000 anatomical terms. And the reason we use that bleeper is to stop me talking about 40,000 different anatomical terms. Very useful for that regard. So give it a go. Only by using the language will you allow for a deeper learning. And are now your next challenge to conjugate some of these. So think of anterior superior or medial lateral. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you next week in dissecting Room.